Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're putting the band back together. We're on a mission from God. Welcome to a new edition of Dropping In. Omar Echeverry, myself, Cyrus Satsas. Our next guest is a legend in the surf industry. His father inspired countless people to actually take up the sport of surfing, myself included. Uh, he directed and narrated and produced movies, including Step Into Liquid and Dust of Glory. You can follow him on, on Instagram at Dana Brown Films and his new film, which is available for free on Amazon Prime and every other platform. You got to pay for it. It's worth it. I watched it. The documentary is called The Life of Endless Summers, The Bruce Brown Story. His son is with us, Dana Brown. Dana, how you doing, man? I'm good, brother. How you guys doing? Okay, all things considered. I know. Yeah. I know. Isn't that a loaded question these days? Yeah. <laughs> good, know, good today. But, but I, good today. <laughs> you know, for once in the history of the world, we're all experiencing the same thing. So yeah. It's like, Yes, you know, very, very true. Good, yeah. It's crazy. You know, I, I, and I guess right off the bat, I, I got to ask, so, so you know, we're here. A, I mean, I've always wanted to follow up uh, interviewing you. Uh, you know, we, we were talking just a moment ago before we started the show about, I, I'm glad you remember, like 15 years ago, you were on Omar and I's old radio show. This is back when we were in San Francisco on KNBR, the extreme scene. Yeah. And I actually want to, and I actually want to play in just a moment a re-intro you did for that show that I've saved all these years because we used to always play back. Um, but so, but you know, your new film, A Life of Endless Summers, the Bruce Brown yeah. story, so much of the theme I found was positivity. I mean, your, your dad had this incredibly positive influence clearly on so many people, yeah. given all the feedback, how many friends he had, you know, the, the positive impact he had on, on just so many people globally. Yes. I guess my first question to you, Dana, is, you know, he, he passed away uh, nearly two years ago now. H how would your dad's outlook be in this world we're in right now? Well, you know, I think he is a realist. I mean, uh, can we swear on a podcast? Yes. Fuck yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's part of being, you know, I don't know if you want to call it optimist or just like you, you got to live a life. Yeah, he was great in shitty circumstance. So he'd be fine. I mean, he, you know, it wasn't <laughs> anything Pollyanna. I, I don't think, you know, about or me either or you guys probably, you know, I mean, if you surf, you know, there's going to be a crappy day if you, you know, but you still have a lot of fun mm -hmm. and we're going through a real crappy time, but it doesn't mean you got to lose your dignity or lose being decent to people or, you know, you, there's still a lot of positive stuff you can do. So, you know, it, it, you only got so long on the planet, you might as well try to, you know, do good or be positive because the rest of it's kind of bullshit, you know, to be honest. <laughs> it's true. No, it's so, so true. You know, a friend of mine who we were talking the other day and it's it, some people just have what weird we nickname the Positron. Like they're, they're just positive. I mean, I mean, and uh, you know, we had Sean Thompson on uh, a few uh, months ago and it's, yeah, it's happiness is a, happiness yeah. is a choice, right? It's, yeah. it's, 
it's not like a privilege. It's not for wealthy people. It's literally a choice. And I, yeah. I feel like your, your dad, you know, picked that in life and it resonated through his films and in his interviews. It's freaking rad. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's exactly it. And, and Sean's a great example of that. I mean, Sean's been through a lot, a lot, you know, personal things have happened to him with his boy and stuff. And, uh, mm -hmm. and he's still Sean. I mean, he's still charging away. Here's a weird story. It's a podcast. So I guess I can bore you guys, but uh, <laughs> do it. <laughs> so my, my dad had passed away in uh, uh, December of uh, 2017, I guess. So actually wow. it's three. I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I think that's right. And um, I, you know, was up at his ranch my mom had passed away in 2006. So we're up at the ranch taking care of things. And about a month went by and it was time for me to kind of like head back down South, you know, where I am and uh, just check on my own life. And I went out to lunch, like the first time I'd been off the ranch in a long time. And I am standing in this restaurant in Goleta and Sean lives in Santa Barbara and somebody recognized me and went, Hey, Sean Thompson's coming in. You want to say hi? And I'm like, and he was so nice. We sat and talked for about 10 minutes about dad. But honestly, Sean Thompson was probably one of the first guys I saw physically that wasn't a member of my family after mm. my dad died, just by happenstance. But wow. he, he's such a gentleman and a great ambassador for the sport and just a great guy. Yeah. I love the cosmic timing of that because as Omar just said, I mean, Sean, he's such a, he's such a pragmatist. He's a realist and he's incredibly compassionate. And, and I, I, I love everything about him. He's such a common sense individual yeah. where almost everything he says is just true. You know, yeah. like it, it makes sense. That's, that's fascinating. I don't know how you can be, you know, if you're blessed with good folks and, you know, maybe a little bit of talent or luck or whatever, mm -hmm. I don't know how the, those of us that are in that, or you guys having this podcast, I don't know how any of us can like, act like we're getting screwed on something because people really do get screwed <laughs> yeah. you know it's, it's gotta true. be empathetic for them you know i mean i so i don't even know if it's being positive it's just like looking at life like how it is like what are you bitching about dude? yeah <laughs> yeah no there's a there's uh so much meaning in half full and half empty i mean there really is yeah I mean, just like you said anyone who's traveled or you know you look at uh, if you look inward and look outward at, you know, yeah. someone loses legs. I mean, you could, the, the list could go on and on, but, but it's true. It's like, man, yeah. people, people, there's some fucked up shit that happens to people, right? Yeah. yeah. All the time. I, I did it. I did a sequel to dust to glory, which is also called dust to glory, but with a number two instead of. Oh, okay. That came out a, a couple years ago, also available on Amazon. <laughs> nice. uh, all, all the places you can get it and, uh, you know, played in theaters, whatever, but one of the stories we told was this, uh, I think it's called the warrior project mm -hmm. and it's the wounded warrior kind of thing. And these guys race the Baja and these guys are like, literally, like you say, missing legs. They've gone through the crap of war. They're all young men, you know, basically, cause that war, you know, for, from my vantage point, they're young men. Mm -hmm. They couldn't, and they think I'm like the bee's knees. Thank you so much for putting us <laughs> in the movie. Thank you for telling us the story. This is so great, you know. And it's like, it's crazy because I'm thinking like, if that happened to me, I might be really bitter. So mm -hmm. 
if I'm me, what the fuck do I got to be bitter about? You know, <laughs> like, I'm here to, I mean, you know, if, if I'm telling stories, which kind of got paid to do, I'm going to tell them like I see them and, and, you know, telling dad's story, it's a positive story, right? It's a successful, positive, good story. And, and I think it's not, you know, it's not shading it to be that way. It just is. And, and mm-hmm. that should be, you know, an, an inspiration not to be like the person, but to go like, you know, there's good shit out there. If you want to go try for it, you know, you know, like you said, you know, glass has full, get on out there and it'll work. It'll work out perhaps, you know, and, no. and then be empathetic <laughs> with everybody else. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, I, I feel like in, in, and it resonates over in a business and in life. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, I know we're a surfing based podcast and into surfing. I, I remember like, like there's some guys on tour when I was uh, traveling and, and like, freaking waves always came to them and then we used to always joke like and they 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 have no idea they just didn't didn't even register but they're always positive you know and you're they're just like oh it's pretty good out there and this bomb just comes straight to them you're sitting there for six hours and so we used to always say that like that that positive like energy would like manifest itself yeah, yeah, manifest yeah. i mean it or something, of, dude. my dad always called them we sound like a bunch of raisin eaters but it's true he was, <laughs> yeah but he was also just a martini and uh you know guy as well but yeah i agree if, if you if you put it out there it comes back to you it, i don't know if you've ever been surfing with tom kern but th- that jesus that pisses you off eventually oh it, it, God, right? like, he just goes this is some random place and the wave shows up i don't even oh know why God. Dude, we used to say he he could get bar- a good barrel, not not just a shitty head dip, but a good barrel anywhere. Like you be sitting there on shore, dog shit, one inch Florida, Japan, whatever, you know. And you're like, oh, it was the worst day ever. And Tom would be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, <laughs> paddle out and then get a barrel. And you're like, Whoa. you're like, I mean, we look yeah. at each other you're like, no, that didn't. Did you almost pinching yourself? Like, no, yeah. but. But yeah, great example of yeah. a world-class human being that, yeah. that, uh, that got good waves. <laughs> yeah. All That's incredible. Some yeah, of them only Go ahead, sir. Could, I was going to say some of the waves that he decided he wanted to ride. We went out one day. We, I lived at the Hollister Ranch for a while. And he cut, we, he'd come up a bit and, and he's like, let's go surfing. And it was like this one day and it's big, but it's kind of screwed up. And uh, he goes, let's surf that peak you know we're like at this place called Augie's and I'm like yeah fuck man it looks like a lot of paddling and <laughs> edge and he's like he had a paddle board like not not a paddle board like a like the ones with the hulls like a mm-hmm. real paddle board like one you can hardly stand on oh, with yeah, the little narrow, short yeah. board he takes off on the paddle board from this peak stands on the you know gets up riding that thing and then dives off to catch the next section and makes it through and it was unbelievable because when we paddled out people are like who's that kook you know because <laughs> he's Tom, right. and he looks all disheveled and and, it, and they're looking at me and they go oh hey you're dana brown right and i'm going yeah you know just the the way any lineup is just kind of attitude we're a couple of idiots that shouldn't be out there anyways anyway it doesn't matter right. and then Tom caught a couple of his waves and they go is that tom curran I'm going, yeah, yeah, it is. And they went from like, 
snobs to uh, wanting to meet him on the beach, which I thought was fantastic. But yeah, Tommy can ride stuff. He's like a porpoise or something. He's <laughs> <laughs> he I know. And I think if he did a blood test, it'd be ocean water in his veins. Right? Yeah, it's one of those crazy human human beings. Um, yep. but you know, I I'm super curious about what you what you're up to lately. I mean, we're in a pandemic. Um, I mean, does does that been igniting your like creativity or holding yeah. it back? I mean, like I, I have some musician friends that are like just so excited about this period of time, and and also some filming friends too. And I'm I'm really curious about your last few months creativity. Uh, creatively well you know because it is a business too i've been lucky like we finished the film on dads and uh on dads i have one day <laughs> oh, yeah. dad. i love it though dad that's pretty rad dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on uh on dad and then uh some other offers came in i'm doing a just finished a film we're doing like a a series of films about kind of the history of surfing but mm. not so the first one we did is on the dana what they used to call the dana point mafia which was uh this group of friends that, that were good friends in the 50s when they had nothing they were teenagers and they ended up kind of changing the surf world and that was like uh grubby gordon clark you know clark foam hobie alter my dad um Bruce Brown, John Severson who started Surfer Magazine, and then the Hoffman brothers, Flippy and Walter, that, you know, still kind of supply a lot of the fabric to all the beachwear companies. Mm -hmm. And these guys just kind of moved to Dana Point because they just wanted to live where there wasn't as many rules. And, and they became friends and they kind of inadvertently all became icons in their own business without ever leaving the beach. So it's a story about you know, the change of surfing from, you know, the post-World War II thing where there's more free time and surfing started to take off. And, you know, the fact is, it's still run by surfers. The fact is that surfing is not co-opted by giant business. I mean, there's giant business in it, but, you know, it's still run by, you know, surfers sense when there's not surfers in charge somehow. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So anyways, it's a movie about that. And then we're starting to, we're just, finishing that i mean it's we just kind of wrapped up the edit and uh it's going to music now and stuff it'll be nice. out it'll be out in four or five months wow that, that's cool and, and then we're starting a big wave one that we're just mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to tell the big wave story you know not not the whole story but just like the point of big wave surfers you know the fact it's the most um kind of venerated thing but also like the most misunderstood and you know it's it's like a way to tell history like you know it's not ken burns exactly but it's the same way <laughs> ken burns does it you know it's like tell right. some personal stories you get a sense of what all this stuff's about so I, i've been real lucky you know so I, i'm real so that way we don't have to be out there shooting on the beach or the track or anything but you're able to work but i find it real creative <laughs> what else you're gonna do right yeah. right right no that that, that first uh, that first film so interesting to me i find it ironic too um that uh the surf industry you know i mean created from the danny quacks i mean the, yeah. the dude, dude sold drugs in newport and he worked in the warehouse yeah. dude. i mean he's famous for selling coke dude <laughs> like, <laughs> you know and then becomes just this mega uber like businessman yeah. 
pretty yeah. radical, you know? And then, and then what I think's ironic about that too, it's the second the company gets sold to corporate, it crashes again. And then, and then the surfers come in again with their surf energy. <laughs> exactly. It's like, exactly. you know, and, so and that's amazing. not exact. And that's not exactly touched on in this. It's more like a story just about a bunch of duck. Well, they're not idiots. They're, they're great guys, but they kind of <laughs> just followed their own sense of what's good what would work and, and then you know the second or the, the, towards the end the third act of the film really is you know my dad just decided not to make surf movies and made on any sunday and you know got nominated for an oscar hobie just kind of got into sailboat you know some of them just mm -hmm. left yeah. the scene because they'd done what they were going to do and then they kind of made an impact on other stuff you yeah. know they made an impact elsewhere which is to me is completely what surfing or a surfer or western man or whatever you know would delineate you know you do what you do you do it the best is not about i mean of course we'd all like to get paid big money but if it's not that at least <laughs> right. you're, doing, you're doing good work you know you're yeah. not going to throw yourself out and there's something real cow you know i don't know if you guys know who jim kempton is but he was he's one of the right he's the writer on it and kempton was editor at surfer magazine for a mm -hmm. long time yeah with Bill Bong and just great guy and you know I think Jim's got he's if he hears it I think he's 70 now but <laughs> sharp as attack but I mean he knows all that stuff and yeah it's it's wonderful to talk to him about it as we're doing it because he's like exactly that's you know they're like cowboys they're like yeah, yeah. And, no, and so th that was a fun part of the story you know just to tell the story which is real yeah, you know, they, no. they were all friends. It wasn't like guys, you know, it's not like joining a club and we're all from the same socioeconomic background. They they were gravitated towards each other because they just liked the ocean, you know, right. and then they had their own dreams about how they were going to be able to make a living and still <laughs> surf all the time. <laughs> and that, That's awesome. It changed. And then that ends up becoming a billion dollar industry. I mean, go figure. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. amazing and, and you make that reference that cyrus uh brings up a lot cowboys like like sir this is it's weird parallel to a surfer's lifestyle and a, a cowboy's lifestyle it's like yeah that's what you live and breathe and that's what you love and that's your passion um and yeah the 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 stories are so cool you got you know like richard wolcott like all these amazing people started volcom i mean i it's yeah to me it's absolutely amazing that you know, I used to always joke because I've been in the industry for a while. It's like the surf industry was built by a, a lot of people who didn't graduate high school, and at one point, it was the <laughs> second best selling. Proudly, proudly, yeah, proudly, yeah. proudly, yeah. And <laughs> and, and it, at one point, it was the second best selling T-shirt clothing overall in the United States. To, yeah. To do a flannel, like that's pretty amazing. Like, yeah. how's that happen? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. And, and there's something very American, you know, not to, you know, despite the fact that we tried to be a dictatorship two days ago. I don't want to date. <laughs> that that, oh, no problem. Yeah. No, don't worry. <laughs> We're on the same side. I'm guessing it's okay. Yeah. I think, well, who, if you're not shut up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, uh, you know, it's something very American, like, right. Go make your own happiness. Go, you know figure out your own thing and 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 just don't be a pain in the ass to other people that seems like a it's pretty neat it's a pretty neat uh 
microcosm of something that, you know, is, is micro and macro, right? It's, it's a mm -hmm. micro something that also speaks to the human experience and, and maybe the American experience, but in the human, I guess, because obviously surfing so big or anything off-road racing, you know, to be honest, you know, you meet similar people in different things that, that hate the ocean, you know? <laughs> Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's true. kind of an attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, another uh, quick example is Jim Gennard, the founder yeah. of Oakland. Oak, I mean, he, he lived and breathed motorcycle. So he created glasses that wouldn't, you know, get chipped and get your eyes blown out. And yep. then he started camera red. Like what the heck? Like it just yeah. amazes me people with that type of passion. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And they do it. You know, like when we did, when I did Step in a Liquid in, uh, this is before it came out. So I think it came out in 2003. Great movie. Yep. Oh, thank yeah. you. And we wanted, yeah. to, we wanted to show it to a bunch of people, you know, like just to see if I wasn't insane, you know, just to people that just invite a bunch of people. We couldn't figure out where to have the theater. There was no budget for it. And the, the guys at Oakley and Gennard's like, just use our theater because they just built their big factory out there in, uh, you know, down Mission Viejo Way. Yeah, Foothill Ranch, yep. Yep, yep. And we went there, you know, and it, it was unbelievable. It helped so much, and that's surfing, right? We didn't pay a dime. And he, he got guys that cater, cater it or the Oakley people because of his thumbs up, like, yeah, whatever he needs. And everybody helps each other, you know? I mean, and I don't know. I, I life would just work better if it's just more like that I mean you couldn't do that you know I mean I get there's problems you can't do that with but or as easily but is is yeah surfing should be very proud of itself for that yeah you know ingenuity absolutely yeah um you know by the way you know, you know I, I want to play this clip I, I hope you can hear it um here let me like set something up here real quick but that. I just want to play this because uh, this is from 15 years ago. Um, and let me know if you can hear this or not. I hope you can. Hold on a second here. Here we go. Swooning, I know. <laughs> of the golden throat of the golden one. Hold wind. on. Let me do this one more time. Can you guys hear that? Yeah, I can. Okay. Odog, can you? Yes. Okay, good. here we go. All you women are swooning, I know. <laughs> of the golden throat of the golden west. This is Dana Brown. You're listening to the extreme scene. And wasn't that a great voice? <laughs> Uh, you, you did that for us 15 years ago. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> you know, um, back then when they had to do those tours, I did it so many times. I'm glad I made you guys laugh. Yeah, <laughs> we loved it. Oh, my God. We loved it, man. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so, and yeah. I, I did not, you know, I remember reading about the sequel coming out. I loved that movie, Dust of Glory. I, 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 I introduced me to this whole new world I was not very familiar with, referring specifically to the Baja races, the Baja 1000 being the pentalum. Um you know, five years after you released that movie, I did that drive. I went, I drove all the way to the southern tip of Baja, stayed down in uh, San Jose del Cabo for about a month, explored that whole scene, and then came back, got stuck for two weeks because a huge storm came and knocked out all the bridges south of Ensenada. And I'm sure, and you're one of the few people who actually understands this, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's, and I saw all these notations of your film and of the races and, and random places, you know, some cities are just dedicated strictly to this race. Yeah. Um, what's a sequel about? I haven't seen it yet. I, I'm, I, I, I should, I don't know why I haven't seen it yet. So what's the difference between the two and what's the sequel like? The sequel, well, we followed the, the, 
the other three races it's the score season but we focus a little more on the uh the mexican drivers you mm. know the, so it's a little bit more about mexico and, and these guys coming in but it's still all the action and stuff and uh I think the heart's the same. I, honestly, I, I said it when we did the first one. I think you'd shoot that race or that season every year, and you just have a different movie. Depend You're on right. what. You know. You're and right. Uh, so it's, you know, people seem to love it. You know, you can find it. Like I said, just enter it in. It'll tell you. You know, we live in a great time. Just put dust with a number two glory. It'll show up. <laughs> Brad. Uh, but. Yeah, the guys that bought SCORE, the sanctioning body of uh, the Baja races from South Fish, was the guy that owned it when we did the original. Just called me up and said, would you be interested in doing a sequel? And I was like, sure. And it kind of went from there. And it was lovely. It was great to be back down there. I was kind of shocked at how important that movie is in Baja. Like, people recognize i'm like i'm not brad pitt but i'm really recognizable down yes there. you are there, there's this there's this little taco stand in uh, san vicente that yeah. makes the infamous lobster tacos and your insignia is everywhere in that restaurant yeah. in that town it, it, it's really fun so you feel really humbled and honored and so so it was great going back i love those guys i i mean i ride motorcycles and stuff i'd never well i'm in the i actually co-drove the first part of the race in a class 11 of Volkswagen bug that you'll see in the movie. This is kind of my George Plimpton uh, journalist doing something. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, yeah. So there's a little bit of that in there. So I, I have a little, I, I just, I like, I love those people. I mean, a lot of them are my friends and uh, I mean, to me, if I'm doing something, you know, I, I want to like it. I mean, I really respect, people that do you know movies about stuff that's really dark and hard to do and they don't like the subject matter and i don't know how they do it i like doing a movie about stuff i like because you know you want to get up and do it the next day you know if that makes sense without saying any president's name i don't know how <laughs> you can say it his big orange fat corrupt piece of shit that, that uh. big piece of shit i just don't want to you know whatever i agree with yeah. <laughs> Exactly, but I don't know how I'd get up every morning and go, we're going to, you know, it just would, I don't know. It's like surfing. Like, you want to wake up every morning, we're going to the beach, it's going to be good. <laughs> if it's not good, it's okay, we're at the beach. But, like, I, I don't want to deal with assholes, you know. Yes, who does? Or as a subject matter. I don't, I don't mind boring my friends about how mad I am. But, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, I mean, I feel about the bar the same way, you know, yeah. and this surfing thing is fun because it's fun to tell the great stories and the kind of heroic stories and the funny, goofy stories of that, you know, I mean, yeah. M mentioning that Danny Kwok dealing Coke is hilarious because I don't, you know, Danny's got a place up at Hollister. He's a good guy. I don't know yeah. him, really, but I don't think Danny would shy from that at all. <laughs> yeah, I did. Right. No, you know, exactly. Right. Human experience. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah, I was kind of a shithead then, or not. I don't even know if that's being a shithead. I don't want to get into that, but I'm just saying, <laughs> money. You know, it might cause other. You know, does cause other people misery. I guess. Can. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, and that I think that that's a a cool part about some of those people we're talking about as well. 
You know, um, I, I, I saw Jim, uh, Jim Gennard in a meeting that I was at a few years ago and, and dude, he, he's kind of, he's the same dude. <laughs> he hasn't really changed. Yeah. I was like, what? I, I mean, he, he, they sponsored me and I was like a little kid. Um, yeah. and, and, and like, I was like, shit. And him and his son are still there. Hey, what's up, dude? Like, it was the same, like, fuck that was 20 something, 26, seven years ago. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but, but amazing. And, and, you know, that, that resonates and, you know, I, being the the op, optimistic person I am, you know, my wife and I were talking the other day. I I feel like this is actually all this negativity is starting to create another generation of people that are over it and want to just do what they want. Like, like I I, I have two friends that just bounced. They're just done. You know, after the pandemic, yeah. they they bought a sailboat and they're gone. <laughs> they retired. Um, one is thirty two years old. Um, and. And I, I've another person, you know, that I follow online, he's a, the bucket list family. I just, I feel like, you know, in times of such darkness that, that, that can bring, also bring out that, what you're talking about, the person that I'm just going to go do what I want to do. And yep. I, I think that's the one positive spin that I like to think of during all this fucking shit crap we're dealing yeah. with. Right? <laughs> I think you know, off that spin, I think that's a hundred percent true. In the movie we're just finishing, uh, there's a guy named Dick Metz. I don't know if you're Dick Metz is, but Dick is is uh, he ran Hobie the the first Hobie the Hobie stores, which is kind of the first surf shops that had you know skateboards and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's he's from down south. He's he's from uh, oh, sorry Orange County from yeah. Dana Point. But he grew up in Laguna Beach and he's telling the story. I said, you know, how did all these guys, and he's 93 years old and sharp as a tack. And, and I asked Dick, I said, and he knows, he knew all those guys really well. Like I remember I'd known Dick my whole life and he just kind of went, he went, well, look, you know, I grew up and I'm trying to think of when he was born being 90. So 1928, he goes, you know, when I grew up, um, it was the depression and then world war ii hit and suddenly world war ii was done the 50s happened and they built freeways and there was the gi bill and it was like you could do anything you know and then that's what those guys all leaned into and it's a little bit like the times now right you know it's like hey not even just fleeing from something but it's like look you see how dark it can get so when it gets a little light you're going to run with it if that makes sense yeah no it does yeah. You, you're, yeah you're going after the positivity because things suck so bad yeah and he's, <laughs> you know he was saying stuff like oh then it became a five-day work week because i guess people work six days before you know all this stuff you forget <laughs> right. and then you know he goes and we we're young and then you could do stuff because you couldn't do stuff like a whole lot they grew up where they you know nobody had money or there was a war on and there's rationing and all that stuff and suddenly mm -hmm. it's like yeah you know go exploring and i get a feeling that that's coming up you know and everybody's gotten their ass handed to them a little bit i hope i hope they did you know yeah. <laughs> right right no I, yeah. I, I, love, I love that analogy um my my, my grandpa made it to 102 so he wow. lived in the great depression and I, during fucked up times, I would kind of go to him and, and I would just call him out of the blue and he would tell me about the depression and polio and pandemics and all this crap. And the <laughs> one that always resonated was he uh, lived in Chicago during the depression and there's no heat. And he said that in their apartment, they would throw, um, uh, 
put everything on parties. I don't know if you guys, did you hear that uh, during the depression? So you'd have a party where you put on every fucking piece of clothing you own because they're, <laughs> they're doing rolling bl uh, blackouts on, on heating. Um, and, and so there's no fucking heat in Chicago in the winter. So they would throw these parties and I'm like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's that is seriously turning fucking the shittiest, crappiest lemons into lemonade. That's fucking and, awesome. And humans do that. I mean, that's, that's always the thing about like, especially about surfing off-road racing the same way is like, you try to capture the fact that, you know, if, if you go on a surf trip, 99.9% .9 of that fucking trip is not about riding a wave. You're right. right. You know, it, it's about the laughter mm -hmm. and the stories. And like you said, getting stuck and the bridges are washed out and that's the stuff <laughs> that sticks Right. You know, because yeah. if with the right people, it's, it's kind of, a hilarious and a great discovery and, th and that's kind of what life is right i mean we all get plans and i'm going to be this and i'm going to do that and this is how this is going to happen and god it never works out that way you know but if, <laughs> if you if you figure it out it you know it can be a positive yeah and, yeah and a good experience yeah yeah exactly yeah. You know, you know, Omar and I have mentioned repeatedly how um, the Endless Summer movies were are without question the most influential movies when it comes to surfing. You know, I, I myself, you know, I grew up landlocked, but I, I go visit co friends on the coast. And, and that movie is the entire reason why I started surfing. And, and I mentioned on some Instagram account, how I don't know if I should thank your dad or curse him for either blessing my life or ruining it because all I started caring about was pursuing waves. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I just started surfing because of you. And he always would say, is that a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Man, I mean, so, man, I go surfing all the time. It's like, okay. Well, yeah. It's yeah. like the sacrifices I've made. I mean, it's, you have no yeah. idea how many decisions, life changing fork in yeah. the road decisions just because of where the waves are. Right. So, um, you know, and, and so I doubt you're, I don't know if you were alive even when your dad made the first film. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you were. Okay. Well, I was going to yeah, ask, well, like, yeah. like I was going to ask, you know, and I guess this applies to both films then like, were you around be, I know your dad's made a lot of films, but those two obviously stick out. Were you around behind the scenes for both of those? Were you traveling with your dad? Like, tell us about your experience as when, he was when, making those films. When you made both films, you mean, uh, on a Sunday and on endless summer, the endless or summer one, one and two. No, I, I helped dad make Endless Summer 2. Oh, okay. I, I co-wrote it and helped shoot it. And yeah, I, I was, it was me and him. Kind That's of. right. It was him That's right. And then me as a second tier guy. That was kind of when I was in my late 20s, early 30s. That was my big apprenticeship to do wow. what I'm doing. Yeah. It's a hell and of an apprenticeship. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. amazing. I'd work for him a little bit. And then he's like, we're going to do this, you know, which I knew, I, I didn't realize at the time, but later he goes, I did it because, you know, you were good at this or interested in it. Mm. You know? And, um, but the first one I didn't, I was so little, I mean, those were all our friends and stuff. It's a, but I love the movie. I remember mm -hmm. seeing the movie when he made on a Sunday, I remember seeing that going, I definitely want to do, I was about 11 or something when that came out. And just that, he got, that he's Oscar office, nominated for, right? Yeah. Yeah. And his office was maybe, uh, a block away just vacant lots from where where the, our house was so you just go visit him at the office and stuff you know and it, it, uh, yeah no he, I, he was a, it, him and my mom both were just incredible people 
Yeah. I um yeah we you know we've we've had Wingnut on this show uh, we've had oh, uh, Pat O'Connell on this show and obviously that those the filming of those movies dominated both interviews. Um, you know you bring up your mom and and I and I, I correct me if I'm wrong. This is the the impression I got from watching your your newest film and it's yeah. called The Life of Endless Summers, the Bruce Brown story. It's it's based almost entirely or it is based entirely on your dad. Um, yeah. And I, I did find it interesting, by the way, you call him dad throughout the film. I found that endearing. I, I wasn't at first. I, it caught me a little off guard that you put yourself in the film so much, but it, it worked like immediately. I, I, yeah, I well, because the, the point was just a road trip, you know, taking dad on a road trip because my mom died in 2006. Dad didn't leave the house much. So mm. we took him up. We rented a mobile home and went all the way up to Oregon, you know, visiting his friends, Jack O'Neill. So yeah. many of those people have passed away now. Hobie, uh, Kenny Roberts, Mert Lawwell, and then we also took him to Hawaii. So I, I, I thought, but you're right, because when, when we thought of the movie, I just thought about it as a story, and I thought, well, this story is really personal. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's even though the title is the Bruce Brown story, it's really the story of, you know, his oldest son, and, and to be honest, my sister and my younger brother too my younger sister and brother and just like getting dad out of the house. So was, I was hoping mm -hmm. it would resonate with people that would relate to their own folks or yeah, that kind of thing. But it that, did. It did. Yeah. And, and, I, and yeah. what I, what I particularly, what, what uh, I guess kindled with me was the romanticism. I feel like the, the true happiness from the story and the true success of the story wasn't the surfing, wasn't the films. It was the fact that your dad met his soulmate. You know, like from at yeah. an early age, he met yeah. his perfect partner and, and the, yeah. en the envy showed from all his friends. And and that was the success story. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. I love it. It was touching. Thank you. I mean, that was really the point. And we started that. I started that years ago, like 2013 or something. And we filmed it. We took him on a trip because we we're going to do that anyway. And then I didn't quite know what to do with it. And then after he passed away, I mean, we'd worked on it, but I was doing other projects, you know, the dust to glory and the Ice science chapter and Gatorade commercials and all this other stuff. And I, and, I, and after he passed, I got an offer like, well, you know, is there anything yet? You know, we'd love to work with you, but is there anything you haven't finished? You know, they didn't cost too much money. <laughs> to be honest, we're all in business. That was kind of <laughs> right. And, and I said, uh, yeah, actually I do but it's really personal because I thought it was so personal. I didn't think anybody, you know, I thought I'd have to finance the whole thing. And um, yeah, they stepped up and we got it done pretty quick. You know, it was, it was, yeah. I I really liked that movie just because I think it's not, and I keep saying personal and I hope it doesn't turn off anybody listening to this. Cause I just think it relates to any relationship you have with your folks. Yeah, and they will look at your folks like, oh, God, that, that so what you said is exactly the point of the movie, which I didn't really think about till I was maybe 25, 30, 35 years old. It's like, mm. God, you know, the, my parents is really this love story. Yes. You know, that's what kept dad going. And, and that's really the point of the movie that dad not, he, you know, once she passed, it was like he just went, nah, you know, I'm good watching fox news or whatever the fuck you <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, oh my god you know dana you're the first person i've ever met who um actually lived on hollister ranch that i feel like that it's just it's like a fantasy of mine like a little slice of heaven that i'm never going to understand you know from perspective of <laughs> oh, living there what is it like here. growing up yeah what's it like growing up in hollister ranch i didn't grow up there or I at least live there or even live there for a little while oh it's great I've, i mean <laughs> we've been we've been uh owners up there for jesus 40 something years right but, um, you know, it's funny because I think, you know, I, you know, it's funny now that we get into Hollister, I, I don't need to get fucking emails from people. So shut up, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> At right? But, uh, you know, it started out as a, a bunch of just knuckleheads, you know, like mm-hmm. people just saved enough money to buy a parcel when the Hollister family decided to make it public, I guess, in the late 60s. And then now it's just become, you know, it's like Brentwood or, you know, I'm sure there's places in the Bay Area, you know, just one of those areas is everything's a zillion dollars and people are 12th owners just so they can come in and, you know, everything's very fancy, although the ranch itself is not fancy. I mean, Mm -hmm. they keep it, it, it's very much a, a big old sprawled out place without, you know, there's a lot of building codes and stuff, but, you know, back in the day, it was just kind of like, it was the wild west, you know, it cost mm-hmm. you a little money, I guess, to be up there, but, but I don't think the original guys, the Bruce Gales, shout out to Bruce Gale, I hope he <laughs> hears this, but, you know, some of those guys, Ed Marsh, the original guys, man, they, they were just people that, you know, like you're, like Omar talked about his friend getting on a boat. That was kind of what it was. They got in right off the bat, you know, or people mm-hmm. that bought around Tamarindo or something, you know, right. there's right. people that saw the light early, you know, but, but now it's different now, but shit, that's okay. Oh, I got one thing to say about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's right. Did uh, Keith Malloy move there too? He's, he's down there. Oh, no, Malloy's in the family. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and dude. Then, Love him. You know, the, uh, Mr. Malloy, I can't, you know, passed away now, but he, oh, their dad. Yeah. God, he's awesome. He had a ranch right at the, right at Halama there or right at the start of Halama road. So, you know, the Malloys are from there, you know, and and they're the best Keith and Chris. And I think Danny's still in Ohio, but I I know when I was living there, Keith and Chris were both living there too. And and that family's just unbelievable. Talk about positive can do fun people. Mm-hmm. yeah and creative great creative and, and you know help you out when there's a problem or you help them out i mean they're just good people absolutely yeah no and, and continuing that ranch thing i know keith kind of, his house is like ranch style <laughs> he's a you know full, full cowboy and out and um yeah i, I good think cowboy. that's cool yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> it's awesome oh, they kind of grew up with that too he didn't oh, just get did. you know and that's keith I went surfing with Keith once at a place called Rights and Lefts, which is really localized there. I mean, even yeah. at the localized. And he goes, because uh, I think Patagonia is their sponsor, and Chenard's got a place yes. right there. Yeah. Well, he goes, we'll, we'll just park at Yvonne's and, and we'll go surfing. And this swell was coming up, and I'm like, okay. And we go out, and it, man, the thing, it was like a Hawaiian build of a swell, not you don't see it in California. I mean, it got big quick. It just kept like the sets just kept getting bigger. And I, he kept, and he was going, uh, pretty sure he's going backside. I can't remember. And he did this 360 
like does a bottom turn, keeps going up, hits the lip of the wave, lands it and keeps going. Like gets barreled, pops out, and we don't, and it's just the two of us. So I don't get to say how great it was. Can I just right. have to it out? And then I, and I finally there's a moment where there's not as sad or anything going on. And I said, dude, what the hell was that? That was unbelievable. And Keith goes, oh, good. You saw that. <laughs> right, right. right. It's like one of those. Yeah. That's Keith getting getting excited. You know, later it was like, tell the missus. Like, well, <laughs> I, right. I mean, one of the most unbelievable surf things I'd ever seen. And I was like, damn, I don't got a camera. It's like, I'm just paddling out and he, this thing happened. But yeah, th that family, Dan Danny and Chris and Keith, man, there's not three nicer people on the planet than those guys. Great. And yeah. their dad. I'm glad you mentioned their dad. Um, I mean, he, he paved the way for them and other professional surfers in California. I, I said, stay at their house and their dad was so cool yeah i mean yeah. you could His stay there he didn't care he, he could uh, make food for you it's just one yeah. of those those mentalities and then they kind of brought that over to hawaii which literally cultivated the the whole you know it's kind of like what the momentum guys talk about that whole generation yeah. off off good vibes absolutely so when my pop died about six months after he passed we had a uh a not a you know whatever a ceremony for him you know uh for for, not, for just for family and friends at, at at his ranch at our ranch now or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. and uh, and my sister put a big old uh in the main house just said because we had porta potties and all that stuff for people and it said you know family only don't 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 come in the house because <laughs> she was worried about every track <laughs> And I don't think we're like, you know, guests are arriving and somebody comes to me and goes, somebody's in the house. And I don't think it's your family, like all, like how people are, not on purpose, but, they're, you know, so I'm like, oh, okay, it's not a big deal. No, it's this old guy. He's in the house. And I like look in the house and it's Mr. Malloy. And I walk in and I go, uh, hey, and he goes, hey, Dana. And, you know, in his gruff way, he goes, hey, Dana. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, a, with a hat on and a I'm beer. Just maybe, maybe a beer just looking at me, I go, it's Mr. Malloy. And they're like, oh, sorry, I told you about it. And we <laughs> talked a little bit. And I said, uh, you know, because I don't, you know, when they're older than you, like, I don't know, parents like that scare me to this day. I'm all like, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> so I was like, well, are you having a good time? And he goes, yeah, are you, you know, you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I go, you know, we have beer and wine out there, whatever you want. And he goes, don't worry about it. He holds his cup up. I brought my own. Yep. And, and then he went out and sat down and, uh, and, and he just, that's just a lovely family. You know, he just, and he so was, looking at this, he gave my dad a, an old cook, you know, those things called cook boxes with the, <laughs> from the thirties, he made this cook box for dad. They're like, they're hollowed out with ribs and you put screws in them. I mean, it's a wall hanger thing that dad's got that's in that house to this day. It hangs up about 20 feet in the main room. No way. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. But I think he was looking at that and just, I, I don't know. Those guys are so quiet. They're so cowboy like, but I just love the <laughs> fact he goes, I go, we got this, we got that. You know, we had, we'd hired people to whatever, help everybody out. And he goes, no, that's okay. I brought my own. <laughs> there you go. that's a legendary story man that so good 
That yeah. is, you know, uh, we got we got Dana White here. His movie, his newest movie, is The Life of Endless Summers. The Bruce Dana Brown. Brown. Story. Dana what did I say? What did I say? Oh my god, I'm so sorry about that. Did I, I really was, just call you the UFC president? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I was Dana White, I'd be doing this on from my jet and being a oh. jerk. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry about that, Dana. Dana, I'm so, I apologize. No, I think the audience knows by now. <laughs> Dana Brown joins us. And his father, the Bruce, uh, is Bruce Brown, and and his newest movie is A Life of Endless Summers, the Bruce Brown story. You know, early in the film, there there was a fascinating tidbit. Omar, maybe you knew this. I did not know this until I saw that, which is just that among many of your father's incredible influences, the fact that the world's most famous wave was named, or your dad was responsible for the naming of it. Could you describe that story, please? Yeah, well, back then, the North Shore of Oahu was like a really exotic place to go because well it's still kind of it's still it and they'd surf Hawaiian man surf sunset and they've been looking at you know this little beach break by the the park there that would go off but they just didn't think with the equipment they had they thought you'd die because it was so hollow mm-hmm. and then they get you know dad talked Phil Edwards into going out there <laughs> and, and riding a couple ways and then they had that and by the afternoon, other guys were riding it, and, but he's cutting it, and they had to g- give it a name. And uh, and uh, I think it was even mentioned at the time they called it Pipeline, you know. So Dad named Pipeline, but a lot of breaks are named, and they get other names, you mm-hmm. know. And, no way! I did not yeah. know that story. That's yeah, amazing. yeah. Surfing Holidays, a movie he did, so he called it Pipeline. And then uh, John Severson had John John had Surfer Magazine was also a surf filmmaker and he kept calling it Bonsai Beach, and then it became Bonsai Pipeline. But Pipeline's really what's right, right? You know, like surfers just name breaks. You know, so that was one because of the movie. But yeah, Pipeline. That's it's incredible. not a trademark thing or anything, but it, right. So she, she got paid off that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just the most famous wave in the world, you know, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, I mean, it's still unbelievable, right? You watch those guys ride that wave. That that's an incredible wave when it's going off. It's like, you're just jaws on the ground and the way guys surf it now is like, Holy crap. But it's still, you know, what's interesting about that too, is that wave still all these years later, you think it'd be like a training wheel wave. It's not, you know, I love that about surf. I love these things just last, you know, it's not, it's not like, Oh, we're way past that. You know, they're, you know, they surf bigger waves or whatever, but they want to go deeper in that wave. It's still just crazy, wicked wave, you know? Yeah. Still so, pinnacle. Yeah. In my opinion, yes. it's still the pinnacle. Like you have to master yeah. pipeline if you want to be considered among the best in the world. It's yeah. Which is not, I mean, I, I know the crowd and stuff makes it even more like just ridiculous, but, <laughs> but just watching those, that thing break is just like, it's awesome. That's oh, like it is. great sense. I always yeah. tell people like, if you, if you want, like, if you like to watch surfing, like stand on the beach pipeline at a, on a really good big day. Yeah. Like it's, it, you can actually feel it and hear it. It's the craziest yeah. vibe. Yeah. It's just like, oh man, I yeah. still get chills. So right. The rumble under your feet or when you got to, you know, you're staying in a house, they're right there and the clock radio is like vibrating on the, yeah. on the, you know, next to your bed. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff's always like with film or telling stories, kind of what you want to impart to the people looking at it. Like this is a, 
you can make a film about all these things Baja or surfing and it's like it's still more like go if, if you're lucky enough to be there just see it because it, the, the experience is so much more that you could do on a a screen you know something's got to be hyped obviously we just saw the government of the United States almost <laughs> get turned over because of fucking hype but you can't overhype this stuff. You know, if you're standing in a corner at the Baja and watching these people go by, you're like, holy shit. Right. And it's the same way was, yeah, like you say with pipeline that maybe some go, well, that's an old school break. It's like bullshit. It, Cause it's mother nature, you know? It, yes. It, yeah. I, I will, I will <laughs> say though, you did a pretty good job at stepping the liquid. I did see, I think I was at uh, IMAX. I think I saw it or yeah. Uh, uh, that was pretty nuts. Like I was like, holy crap yeah yeah kind of the was vibe. i was i was in hawaii with the gosh i think i was with aaron lambert and some big wave dudes and and i think yeah, one of them had a wave in there but so we all went together and i we were in there and we're like this is kind of what it feels like <laughs> like whoa this is the closest you could get in a movie um i think it was some of the footage of logs maybe or somewhere i, I can't remember but amazing job uh, on that movie amazing well i appreciate that especially coming from you but I mean, that's what you try to do with the off-road. You know, you go, that was kind of what it's like. And you go, but it's not what it's like. You know, which is kind of fun. Right, right, right. right. You're just trying to do a story, but you're trying to tell people like, oh, now I know what it's like. And you go, <laughs> no idea. Go stand. It's like, don't go out. Just stand on the beach. Just go yeah. stand, watch that shit happen. And you can't even believe it. You know, even yeah. in the masters when those guys, like, here's the next heat. So-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And they go hundred yards to the left if you're facing the beach to jump in to go like in this current that just whips them out they're going sideways so much faster than they're going out just the the water moving around mm -hmm. yeah yeah no no it's a great point because um i think lambert said when i was there excuse me is uh he's all yeah that's, that's so close to what it felt like but dude i almost fucking died <laughs> like he's all, <laughs> didn't capture that part like i think they lost his <laughs> or something i can't i do it is a long time ago but that story because that was like one of the first towing sessions that like his story i was like oh my you lived through that i'm all bro you're crazy <laughs> yeah yeah, those guys kind of are crazy. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they they are. Absolutely. And I'm sure you're gonna learn. I'm sure you're gonna expose the craziness more when you're in your future upcoming big wave surfing film. I mean, Omar and I have been surrounding ourselves with big wave surfers for two decades now, and if there's one yeah. common theme, is that you have to have a slight screw loose to in order to actually charge these things because it's fucking yeah. maddening. It is yeah. pure madness. I mean. Uh, I look at a 10 foot wave and, and especially now that I'm getting older, I'm like, nah, I don't think so. And these guys are, yeah. you know, charging double, triple the size of that, which is. Fucking yeah, crazy. exactly. I, th I think whatever is going on there <laughs> <laughs> is not, but, but they're great people on the beach, you know, like, yes, they are. I, I was talking to Mark Healy once, you know, in Mark's great big wave search for a great free diver and, I was asking him, I go, do you get nervous before you go out in those big waves? And he goes, oh, God, yeah, I can't sleep. I'm going to pee. He goes, I go down to the beach, and it's before dawn. And I'm sitting on the beach, and I just feel so scared. He goes, I paddle out. And, and the ocean, you just feel like a molecule on a flea on the ass of humanity. And he's just describing <laughs> this thing is scarier and shit. And he, he pauses and looks at me and goes, I love that feeling. Oh, wow. It was like. Well, there you go. 
That's there you, a go. you and me because I hate that feeling. Uh huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Crazy. You, do you know what I mean? You could be a really yes. good surfer and and uh, ride like you said, pretty big waves and be a pro. And and like Pat O'Connell once told me, we were talking about pipeline. He goes, "I would never fucking surf that break." And I went, "But you do, you know." When he was on the tour and stuff, yeah. Like he goes, "Cause I got paid." <laughs> I would never. <laughs> he goes, "A goofy foot." I hate that wave. It just because it's dangerous, you know. And and I and. And to me, that's going to make a good story because that's funny, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and kind of relatable, you know, instead of like, well, you're not a badass unless you do this. It's more like, man, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like, you know, it's fun about film because you can do those. You just tell the story and, and it's up for the audience to understand. I don't quite understand it. I've been so. <laughs> I was a little kid and I, I have no, I'm like what you're saying. The older I get, the more it's like, look, I love watching this stuff, but it, I, I, I'm just glad to get back to the beach. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like this, like this winter, we went from having like the, the flattest series of months I can remember to just endless, huge fucking swells. And I'm like, yeah. dude, I don't, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Like bring back the, this. I want a longboard. I kind of want to yeah. chill now in this, in this stage in life. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I love it hearing from a guy like Pat, you know, or Omar or anybody like they're really good. They yeah. can, but it. it's just not spiritually fun to them. <laughs> oh yeah, no, and, it gets less fun the older you get. You yeah. nail it. Like <laughs> some of my younger friends are like, "Oh yeah, dude, do you you want to go?" I'm all, nah. <laughs> I'm all, yeah. yeah. Omar's yeah, being yeah, humble. Yeah. Omar, you're being you humble. Have more looking. to live for than that. It's like, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll they'll trip out at what what we'll say. You know, like we'll we'll go. No, I don't feel like getting my fucking ass kicked. Like I. Yeah. I honestly don't know if I can handle it. Like it'd be so yeah. embarrassing to drown. Like I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll say that to some of my younger friends and, and they're like, huh, really? And I'm like, yes, that'd be really embarrassing, dude. Yeah. Well, I know, honestly, man, right now, I mean, I, I look, the, the, the risk of injury is relatively low in surfing, but obviously the risk, you know, increases as the waves get bigger. And that's yeah. one of my detriments right now. I have, I have no desire to go to an ER, you know, like nuts. Yeah, it's right. it's the risk factor is suddenly much more in my head for some reason. Well, not for some reason, it's, it's an obvious reason, but yeah, you know. but, yeah. It's and, just that's like, pa- and, and that's Pat O'Connell for you, by the way. I mean, talk about, I mean, likability. I mean, his humility. I mean, you know, he loves the comfort of Salt Creek all day, every day. Yeah, and for and for him to just be so straight up front, and be like, nah, fuck pipeline. <laughs> it's a heavy yeah, ass way. I, I, yeah, and he, <laughs> he he just kind of just laughed because I mean, I think even. The, He's so honest. You know, I think most surfers are honest. It's like, you know, just like when there's huge waves coming, you don't see many people out in the lineup. No. E- yeah. Even on the North Shore when it's second reef or something. I mean, it, it you know, narrows the crowd. And, and that's the kind of the fascinating thing. Because, like, you meet those guys on the beach and they're good people. And you're going like, what the fuck do you like about doing that? It's just, <laughs> right. It's- Oh, it's so it's so true. I, I know the the Malloys and that crew used to say, you know, like uh, a perfect six foot day in Hawaii, dude. There's people everywhere and yeah. super early, but on those big days, there's like 10, 20 people. <laughs> All of a sudden, everyone disappeared, or they had to go get their uh, passport renewed, <laughs> or like, yeah, oh, my exactly. rent car. I need to up my rent car. You're like, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, this, this is hilarious. So true, though. Yeah. 
And I think those and those three guys would also bow down to other guys. I, I like big yeah. wave surfing in that sense. You know, there's yeah. there's hardly any of them that go like, I'm the guy. They're always like that guy. That guy's mm-hmm. not. And you're gnarly, <laughs> you know. And, and I, there's a, but I think that's Mother Nature. You know, they're like climbers are a little bit that way too. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. I think guys that really hang their asses out like that, like where it's that you know you you could die easy. It, it's a good reset, you know, which is fun because the rest of us aren't going to try it necessarily. <laughs> so true. It's easy to fake it. Like you said, I got to get my thing renewed, but <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I got like go, yeah. I'd like to do, my shoulder hurts, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> right. Like a lot of interviews with McNamara, he's just like, it's, it's so amazing yeah. how, how humble he is. Uh, like, yeah. you're just like, dude, you're the craziest guy in the world. And he's explaining how scared he was and how hurt he got. And you're like, huh. <laughs> That's a really nice thing, too. I, I was at something once in Hawaii and this guy comes up to me it was Garrett McNamara yeah Garrett and he just was going off about what a good guy I was for doing the movies and da 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 and it was like I'm going like Jesus <laughs> but you're like anyways just yeah. nice people right the people no, just yeah. Yeah. Nice people- you feel good and then you're like well i kind of was a fan of yours too so i'm real <laughs> yeah no no it, yeah. It, it's there's a lot of, i think you said it exactly the way it is a lot of the big wave guys like mcnamara could catch the biggest wave of that day or whoever the big wave guy is and you go to him and you're like you're like dude that was crazy and they'll look at you and they'll did you see that one pete mel caught or someone else and you're like no 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 dude dude the one you caught was like, like it's already in the Guinness Book World, right? And they're all, no, no, no. <laughs> like it's so, yeah. it's yeah. so classic that camaraderie yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, I love that. I love yeah. because that's life. You know, I think people who don't understand surfing can relate to that. True, that is very true. And and speaking of surfing, Dana Brown is his newest film, A Life of Endless Summers, the Bruce Brown story, available for free if you're subscribed to Amazon Prime. Otherwise, every platform that rents movies, it's available on. Um, you can follow his uh, Instagram account at Dana Brown Films. Anything else you want to promote before we let you go, man? Thank you so much for coming on. By the way, no, anything hey, else? You... I appreciate. It. I think I've talked too much. No, you don't. No, I think never. Me right now, but if I keep going on, they're gonna. Not like <laughs> well, <laughs> well you, you told the story of your dad beautifully. I I uh, I, I watched it very last minute. Um, your assistant uh, sent the film to us, and I spent the last two days uh, watching it, and I was really surprised at how caught up I was. I didn't expect to be emotionally attached to it. And, and, um, you could feel your emotion. And I, and I think that's why I thought the first person narrative succeeded in this regard. Oh, thank uh, you. Yoda, you're welcome, man. Thank you for the hour and a half of, of entertainment. That was, it was a beautiful film. And, um, well, I appreciate it. yeah, man. And good luck with the future films. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I need to see dust yeah. of glory, the sequel. I I'm, I'm pumped on that as well. Thank you so much, man. It's great after 15 years to talk to you again. <laughs> Good to be here. And let's make it not so long between the next time we talk. Would love that. Thank you so much, Dana. Thanks, man. All right, brother. Thank you. Uh, thank Thanks, you, Dana. Brother. Thank you so much. Have a good one, man. All right. Beautiful. Later. And that was Dana Brown, not Dana White. <laughs> Dana <laughs> but Brown. What, what a legend, dude. I yes. Mean, gosh. I'm, to, to see the to, – I, I, I would love to download – the things he's seen in his life just <laughs> right yeah. 
Well, he's the, he's 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 the fly on a very entertaining surfing wall, no doubt about that. Yeah, he's. I mean, amazing. Yeah, amazing. And, and outside and, of surfing too, I I admire that someone that as you know has uh, looked at other things, made films about him, and and yeah, absolute legend. It's so cool. I I love how how mellow it can sound when accomplishing so much. Yes, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. How humble he sounds. Yeah, you're right. There's there's no braggadocery in his attitude or language or anything. Um, no, no. His parents did a good job. <laughs> so that's the best I could say. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Before oh, we man. go, by the way, this is the first show we've done in like three months. You and I have been obviously busy. Um, we'll try to do some more of these. But dude, we got kind of, we got snaked in terms of the name of our show. I know. We're going to have to talk to the the owner and founder of the Believe Podcast Network, Braun Heisenstam, former pro surfer himself. And uh, we might have to change the name again because, A, dude, like right when we officially named our show Dropping In, some other show launched almost at the exact same time, also called Dropping In. And their show has nothing to do with surfing. Um, so fuck you for that. And and then like six months ago, I just noticed this. There's another podcast that called themselves fucking Dropping In. And that one is about surfing. I think they literally violated copyright law doing that. I don't think they could you I don't think you could just name a show the exact same as the name of another show. I could be wrong. I don't think you can. But we might have to rename. That's lame. So I lame. Know. I know. I liked our name, but oh well, whatever. I mean, yeah, we should contact Bron. Bron, what the heck? <laughs> Come on. Get your lawyers. Yeah. yeah sue these stick people. your lawyers on them. <laughs> sue them. <laughs> you need the money. It's a pandemic. Oh man. <laughs> Omar, yeah. you, everyone can follow you on social media platforms simply by your name, right? Just Omar Echeverry? That's right. Just go check me out, Instagram, Facebook. And I promise Twitter. I will log into my Twitter one of these years. I promise, <laughs> Cyrus. The one you created for me, dude. I'm so bad. Oh. Dude, how good. many followers? Am I crushing it? <laughs> no. Nah, <laughs> well, you're not, the only thing I ever do with your account there is just retweet you know, the, the show's uh, Twitter account, which is uh, Dropping In Pod. If you want to follow us there, you can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow and uh, follow me on Instagram at Dog Wild. You doing good, man? Happy New yeah. Year. Yeah. No, uh, good. Just crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I am so exhausted from Zoom schooling and, oh, and dude. yeah, and the holiday. Because like if, when you have children, you, the holiday is the time to be with them. But when you've already been with them every day, so you get told. right. Yeah. Old, yeah. No, not that it gets old. It's just, man, it's, just, it's, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad. No, and it, yeah, everyone needs breaks, but, but, um, it's just crazy. This, this pandemic has been absolutely exhausting for yeah, any trying, parent man. out there. Yeah. And I mean, everyone, but gosh, I feel bad for parents. It's so gnarly. It's like, dude, come on. But, but, um, <laughs> but I'm not going to be negative. I promise. <laughs> um, you can't be. Was, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And, be and, and then, yeah, this whole world has just been, it's been pretty crazy, but that was a great interview. And how are you doing, buddy? Yeah. Are you hanging in there? Just trying to hang in there, man. I'm not, I, I, I want the vaccine more than anything. And I, I feel like you and I are going to be in the, unless, unless you somehow jump the line, I don't know if you have pre-existing conditions or not. Um, can you? Like, is your asthma thing, is that going to get you up the list or are you fucked like me and you have to wait till the very end? Um, I, probably the very end, but oh, I mean, dude. I mean, yeah, I'm not as worried about myself, but gosh, I really hope my parents and, and yeah, mm. just all the older people in my life can get it ASAP. Cause yeah, it's bad. And I've had a few, uh, 
um, family members get it. And yeah, it sounds like no joke. And it just sounds scary too, because I had a family member it didn't affect. Then I had one that like was just felt like they're dying. So it's, yes, it's like unpredictable. That. Yeah, and I think that's the scary part about this. It's like this Russian roulette when you get it. It's like, you know, am I going to die or am I going to? <laughs> no, dude, it's it sucks. Believe me, it's not. It, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you on that, dude. It's 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 I, I just want I fucking want that vaccine so bad at a minimum. Just take the edge off, you know, at least I don't have to freak out about every little thing. Right, right. Um, then you can and start and making out with every girl again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that would do that was awesome if Dana had come on um he's just a class act dude he's he's, he's great he's, he's he's an interesting figure in surfing because he's kind of like in the middle of all of it you know yeah no exactly like and and also I mean he he also has that film background right so yes you, you know in commercials you know I've, I've I've met a couple of people like this, like, you know, like Peralta and these guys, it's like, so, so his other connections are nuts too. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? In film, you're talking mm -hmm. Hollywood, that whole, it, it, that crossover is so interesting to me. Surfing, skating, action sports, when it crosses over into filmmaking, commercial making, um, it's super cool. Agreed. <laughs> totally ledge. agreed. Man. Ledge. He's a total ledge. All right, ledge. brother. That was fun. <laughs> That was. Uh, I talked to Greg Long. He said he'll come on the show. I don't know when, but we'll we'll try to make that happen. And Homer Hennard, congratulations on being invited to the Kelly Slater Wave Pool, fucking with your dog. First, I think he's the first person ever to get barreled with, with a dog. dog. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Skyler. I know. Insane. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll get him on soon. And um, yeah, we'll get some good people. We're, we're, we got it. We'll, we'll get the band back together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little hiatus. Let's get back on track. It's 21. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, brother. We'll talk to you, man. All right, brother. Later. <laughs>